0: Hello guys, welcome here to another edition of Sunday Morning Tinkle. Once again, the computer's uh, being rather finicky, and we're just going to have to work through it. So if you're watching on video, my sincere apologies. Um, we're here. It's Sunday. Football is back, baby, and we got picks coming your way at the end of the show. Um but of course, before we get to anything, of course we got our takeaways. We have a new segment which we're going to tell you about when we're done with our takeaways, and then of course we'll talk the latest NFL news. But let's begin with those takeaways, and I will take the uh, start here, and let's talk about Coach Prime in his uh, Colorado Buffaloes here, two and zero course last week they beat uh defending runner-ups tcu and they also just beat nebraska today which by the way if you didn't know this uh chubba purdy um brock purdy's brother was the backup quarterback for nebraska ended up going into the game mid-game of course uh nebraska lost pretty bad today um man could could colorado Be a team that could potentially, at this stage, go in and upset and make the college
1: football playoff. I mean... I think it's too... One is, I think it's still too early to tell. And two, like I was telling you before we started recording, I... I just want to see how they'll do with, like, a top-ranked team. Because they played such a low-ranked TCU team. I get it. They were in the, um, the National Championship game last year. They lost and, a lot. And, and, and lost a lot. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's great. You know, you're 2-0. and You're looking good. You know, you're poised to have a great college career but can you keep it up when it matters most? Like, yeah, you're 2-0 and right now, and I think you probably can keep the win streak going, but, like, again, I don't want them to go up against a you know, really top-ranked team, say, like, I don't know, like an Alabama, LSU, uh, Clemson-type team, caliber team, and get smacked and look silly as an undefeated team, and then just, you know, not lose all the confidence in the world afterwards. So, I mean, again, I think it's still too early to tell. Um, I I can't say yes or no about them potentially being a playoff threat. I mean, they can probably um, scratch the surface, but if I know anything about how it is right now, before it does expand to 12 teams is that, it's going to be the four top best teams, and it's usually the four same teams it usually always is. Unless Colorado can pull like a T- TCU and be that fourth team that gets in there and plays for the national championship game. But ultimately, I don't know if they're a team that could possibly win it all. I
0: just don't see it personally. Now, keep in mind, after this I believe they got a lot of Pac twelve games, of course, we know they play Colorado State next Saturday. Um the following week they play Oregon. That's a thirteenth ranked team there.
1: Oregon is a very iffy team, so you just know.
0: Yeah, so they play Oregon. Then they play
1: number six USC. See that's that's that that right there. If they can beat USC, then they might be a threat. If they look silly and get smacked against USC, especially a quarterback that's already rated to be the number one pick coming into the draft for next year, then no, you do not. I think if, you know.
0: And I agree with you. I think if they're going to do it, they have to beat Caleb Williams and USC. And by the way, did you hear the uh, off topic, but did you guys hear that uh, Caleb Williams' dad said that Caleb Williams might stay for his senior year, assuming that the team that picks him first overall, you know, isn't just deliberately tanking with no end in sight to take him.
1: I mean it wouldn't be a smart it would be a smart idea, but you don't also want to you know lower your draft stock too. So like if you go out there and you have like a really, really good season, you're gonna be a top pick. You don't wanna come back for your senior season and then just end up doing worse and then your draft stock plummets. So I mean it's kind of like a double edged sword.
0: Yeah, and you know, the only thing I have an issue with this, the Cardinals are not necessarily a team that, they're not a team that's bad, Like you know, they're going to be bad this year, but I'm saying they got pieces there, what they have, the, and again, they have the quarterback too, but we know Kyler Murray might get dealt, he probably isn't going to be there next year, yeah, he's um, definitely I'm not going to be there
1: for the very first uh, Four
0: games You know but What I'm yeah. saying is this is a team that's already Got a quarterback They're probably going to deal him um, In a way yeah it's a bad Situation But I mean There's so many worse situ- So much worse situations out there um, I don't necessarily Agree with it
1: right anyway moving on to the second point
0: i want to talk some baseball i feel like we talk enough football on the show at least uh nfl so that's why i wanted to talk baseball here um davis schneider of course one of the prospects for the toronto blue jays he was playing in buffalo for the beginning part of the season well, now he's up in Toronto, and he is hitting 400. And again, we've got a couple more weeks left of the regular season. Um, you know, of course, I don't believe anybody's hit 400 in quite a few years. So um, could he continue this? Now, again, I don't know if it'll count for the record books because I believe you got to play a certain amount of games and take a certain amount of at-bats for it to count, Correct. you know. Baseball loves to throw in all these technicalities of, oh, well, it's the record, but this. Um, And then, of course, will he earn the permanent roster spot going into next season? Of course, right now, the MLB has expanded rosters because it's past September 1st.
1: Oh, well... If he can keep it, keep hitting over 400, yeah, I think he can end it. I think he can earn a permanent roster spot. Can he continue it? It, It's the pros. I don't think he's going to. I hate to say it. (laughs) Hmm. Unless he somehow, you know, the next... Oh, and a coming, I don't know. But, again, it's very hard for... I mean, maybe, like over 300 maybe i don't think he's going to keep it up with it being over 400 the rest of the year
0: i'd say 380 370 i think is going to be a safe number and again because he's not playing the full season i have to imagine um the fact that he didn't start the season there that the record won't count right um again baseball there's so many technicalities um, I know the Blue Jays are on a little bit of a hot streak as they try to chase down Baltimore in the last few weeks, um, but I feel like his hitting could be a big part of it if he stays, um, of course, first off, healthy, and number two, if you know things go the Blue Jays' way here um, these final few weeks. Um, so it'll be fun to watch. Um you know, good to see, especially because he was in Buffalo. Of course, Buffalo only an hour drive from here, from where we Mm -hmm. are. Um, they also play here in Rochester quite a bit. So I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get out to any of those Rochester and Buffalo games out here in Rochester. Um, of course we got some tickets to the Red Wings coming up this week, so we'll have to go and see what other prospects might get called up in the coming weeks. But, while we await that, um, so we're gonna cut down our takeaways to two going forward, um, just so that way we can do this worst take of the or this uh, new segment we want to do. Kind of gave it away, but anyway, I'll uh, let Jason take over real quick while I take care of my allergies.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, some very disappointing news in the world of uh, USA. Fortunately, the USA men's basketball team—they looked like they were going to be good. I mean, fortunately, this hasn't really been the same team since Steve Kerr's taken over as um, the head coach of the national team. I mean, we all know when Coach K was coaching. I mean, he had this team looking good. Now it's Steve Kerr, and well, fortunately, they looked like they were on a hot streak. Uh, they also. I was shocked that he even got to the semifinals because they also lost to Lithuania before losing to Germany. So, yes, yeah, so unfortunately, they lose to Germany by two points. So, I mean, they were in it to the end, but lose to Germany by two points. You know, this is also the Daniel Tice, uh, Dennis Schroeder uh, led German team. And they will play in a bronze medal game, and I think it's against Slovenia. Because Slovenia lost to Canada in the semifinals game. So USA is going to play up against Luka Doncic in Slovenia for the bronze medal game instead. That's crazy to think about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We know how much um, Luka Doncic has uh, carried Lithuania in recent Uh, years, or Slovenia, in uh, recent years, um, not just, you know, in the FIBA World Cup, but also Mm -hmm. in the Olympics, of course. Um, Right. We talked about it on our Olympic Zone a few years ago, when the Summer Olympics were delayed to 2021. Um, Right. So, that's no surprise. Team USA, the downfall began with with Greg Popovich, and it's just continuing with Steve Kerr. Um, Let's face it. It just proves to you that the guy who should be coaching Team USA is Eric Spolstra. I agree. Plain, simple. Um, Spolstra. uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, Spolstra, I'm sorry, but look, he's been to two NBA finals in the last three years. um, Or the last four years. Um, You know, of course, big part of Miami's big three success um and let's face it you know he's the second longest tenured coach i believe behind greg popovich so i'm sorry but if it's not him it should be a college coach right now um because let's face it the nba coaches aren't doing the job
1: yeah well i look at it this way um A lot of the players say it best. FIBA is a lot harder to score than the NBA. Hmm. hence why the points that they, you know, score is a different ball game. Um, I I was going to say this quote, which kind of had me, um, feel interesting. Steve Kerr himself, who, you know, played in the 90s with the Bulls and the Spurs, um... Stated that, well, this isn't the 1992 team when, you know, losing to Germany and that, you know, FIBA is just, and they're saying that, you know, teams have just gotten stronger and better and stuff like that. Um, well, look at the 92 team. They were called the dream team for a reason. I mean, you had a stacked roster. If you looked at the roster that they had um, this year, it didn't look very promising but for next year's olympics we might see a different U- team USA than we did for this you know current uh, fever run for USA lebron has also shown interest of actually playing in the 2024 olympics of course you know when we get to that time we will talk about it but um yeah. Also, adds to the point, has more nations been able to keep up with USA in recent years?
0: Well, you feel like you, you kind of get the feeling that a lot of the NBA's top picks the last few years have come from other countries. Um, you know, obviously, Luka, big example of it. Dennis Schroeder with uh, Germany, you know.
1: Che Gilgit Alexander with Canada.
0: Yeah, him with Canada. And, you know... There's just so many international players coming overseas, but what I was gonna say is I feel like, and the reason I'm gonna double down as well and say that NBA coaches aren't really fit for this job is the rule set is so much similar to college. Okay, that's why I think Coach K and Jim Boeheim. Now I think frankly, they could have coached this team and they would have beaten Germany. Because, again, I feel like this game relates a lot more, I feel like FIBA relates a lot more to college basketball than it does the NBA. I'm not saying that what happens in the NBA doesn't work in FIBA, but I feel like what works in college tends to translate more to it because the NBA has more of the entertainment factor of no offensive th- or no defensive three seconds you know right and i feel like there's a lot of picking and rolling in the nba and not as much you know play design offensive sets you know i feel like there's a lot more five out you know action there versus the um college side of things where you see three out two in you know a couple of screens you know, and then, of course, you know, different defenses
1: being tossed in. Yeah. I might be the case as as it is, but it does suck for U- Team USA. I mean, I would like to see them win bronze, but I would also like to see my boy Luka Doncic also win uh, bronze, because I think he did last year. I think Slovenia actually won bronze. And one gold medal for the first time in a nation's history, so hmm. it, it could happen again. USA could end up not winning a medal whatsoever this year in FIBA. So
0: that would be insane, and I think that would, that would be, be the end of Steve
1: but Kerr. I get there. Would light a fire under their butts for 2024. I think 2024 they're going to stack. The roster and have all the top stars being on that team, and I think they're gonna have the mindset of like, "Look, we're gonna get gold, no matter what we have to do."
0: mind you, right. if they get LeBron, I think that could be a game changer.
1: Um, I think so too. Now, it could, it could be possible that we see Tatum, LeBron, you know, Curry, like guy, you know, like players like yeah. that. That's what I'm saying. I think you're gonna see a lot of the top players because if you're looking at this team now, it Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brunson, like, guys that, like, are good, but, like, not the top-tier players, yeah. you get what I mean.
0: But, see, but the reason, like, LeBron and Steph Curry and all them stopped playing after the 2012 or 2016 Olympics is they all went on their deep final runs. You know, LeBron was on that streak of going to, like, four or five straight finals, in. You know, it's a shorter summer He's like, I don't want to do this I just got finished Playing in the championship for the NBA Like, mm-hmm. you know So you gotta understand that And um, I think 2020 I I forget Or 2021 It was like after the COVID shortened offseason For NBA right. And then right into the next season So I, I think that's a lot of why LeBron didn't want to play in that one but i feel like you know he's gonna do it one more time before he calls it quits um and maybe we'll see more and superstar power this time around
1: i was gonna say, i think i, I think they kind of have no choice almost hmm. um but i'm gonna go on to my uh, second and last takeaway. Uh, Cooper Cup. It's been announced that Cooper Cup has been placed on IR to start the season. This is also a man that had a serious um, season ending injury last year. And now he is still on IR and it seems to be affecting him still. Um, thoughts? And it's really a big question of when will we see him back on the field and is the season season over before it begins for the Rams?
0: You know my prediction earlier. Um, I believe I predicted them third in the division. Well out of the picture. Um, I just feel like these Matt Stafford rumors just
1: (sighs) you know I I just don't believe in them. Unfortunately. I feel bad for Sean McVay. I really do but But, like if he can't get this team turned around you might have to look into next year being him on the hot seat and I, it's sad for me to say that it really is but mm-hmm.
0: i don't know i mean he might even retire if they have another bad season i could sad. see that he might end up retiring too um but i imagine I, it's after- in that division, it's over. They were battling for a wild card. I just don't see them getting that now.
1: Right. I, I think uh, after seeing Cooper being in place on IR, and we don't know how long that could be. It could be four games. It could be six games. It could be damn near the whole entire season. But it, it doesn't look very promising for the Rams and if you're the Rams, I think you might have to try to like see if you can trade for a top player at this point, mm. just to save your season. Kind of like you know what they did with signing Odell back in the day, and that's what helped them win the Super Bowl that year. Could the Rams have to play the devil's advocate and be able to trade for a top player just to save their season? I mean, because, you know... You, you you would think that Cooper Cup's going to be coming back sometime. Probably not going to be the same Cooper Cup we have seen, you know, during the Super Bowl era, or even before he got hurt last year. He was at a, almost an MVP like level before you know Justin Jefferson became the offensive player of the year. Cooper Cup he can still, when healthy, play well, but. If injuries are going to play the rest of his career, it's safe to say that the Rams might have to look elsewhere for a top receiver.
0: Hmm.
1: I feel like...
0: Again, I feel like they're going to regret on passing on DeAndre Hopkins this offseason.
1: Unfortunately, I think Brett's going to show.
0: Um, you know, and I think... We're going to see a real big change at the conclusion of this season with the Rams, not just as far as um, Cooper Cup goes, but as far as, and not as far as Sean McVay goes, but also, you know, Aaron Donald, other key pieces, Matt Stafford. I think we're going to see some real big changes this off season. if, you know, this is the beginning of the end, in fact.
1: Yeah, I think so. And who's to say that Matthew Stafford doesn't end up, like, just up and retiring, too? He's like, and say, hey, well, I won my championship. I've done enough. I think it's time for me to call it quits. I mean. Yeah, exactly. So I guess we'll find out once the season starts. I mean, the see, season hasn't really officially started when this comes out it's the you know going into a one Mm o'clock so we'll see what happens as far as that are we ready for our new uh
0: yeah i say so so how's about i explain it so this new segment we are going to call media's worst take of the week um so pretty much each week jason and i we're going to sit down We're going to try to watch, you know, most of the debate shows, um, you know, between Undisputed, First Take, you know, um, Colin Cowherd, um, First Things First, all that. We're going to sit down, we're going to watch that, and of course, we're going to make, you know, kind of see what takes they have during the week and which ones, whatever ones we think sound the dumbest. We're going to give this award to the worst take of the week. But can I just give away a consolation? Because it wasn't a take this week, but it was a take last week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, and because we should have started this last week, because um, Nick Wright predicted the Chiefs to go 20-0. And it will segue into our next story after this. But Mike Florio, per, or, um... Nick Wright predicted the Chiefs to go undefeated. He was so confident in it that he got a tattoo that said, never a doubt. And, well, how do you feel now? Okay, because that (laughs) was a dumb take. Um, But I don't think there's one dumber. I mean, that one's dumb, and this one's probably very comparable to it. Right. So Mike Florio, of course um pro football talk he um runs that website he also um runs their page on twitter x um and he predicted his playoff bracket and on his playoff bracket you notice a few big teams missing um one of them or two of them on the nfc side being the vikings and the Lions, or or one of the two of them, whichever you guys think, you know. But the biggest one is no Buffalo Bills in the postseason. Okay, I'll let you start this because you're the Buffalo Bills fan. You gotta refute
1: this. Listen, Mark Mike Florio and Chris Sims, you're probably the biggest dumbasses there have ever walked on the planet Earth. And I say that as the nicest way possible. Because this is a team that went through so much adversity, so much heartache, so much pain last year, and still ended up going 13-3. and This team is fully healthy. They got the world against them. Who's the state that they end up being better than they were last year? How can you have them out of the playoffs? How can you even consider a team that has won the Division 3 of the last three years, you know, in a row, not making a playoffs this year. That is a freaking joke. This is a team that does not have any kind of adversity heading into them. uh, There's a player that damn near almost died that has come back, made the roster, is going to play that Monday Night Football, probably get standing ovations around every stadium, not even just the Bills stadium. You know... And you mean to tell me that the Bills are going to miss the playoffs with a guy like that or even a team that is motivated as all hell? Josh Allen is even more motivated this year than he has been in the five previous seasons. He's actually watching film, he's getting on page with all of his receivers. This is going to be a team that, you know, I'm honestly, I'm happy that the media is not on the bill side because you know what it'll teach them because if they go out there and have a great year and somehow shock the world i want to i want to screenshot every media saying and be like and post them making playoffs they'd be like oh yeah where are you guys now i really want to be that kind of guy as far as the thing with the NFC north the packers might be better than anywhere last year. It all depends on how, what Jordan Love is. But seeing how the Lions, and Vikings, fared last year, I get—I do not see the Lions, and Vikings missing playoffs. If anything, I see them fighting for, you know, either the division or the wild card. The Packers, I can see missing the playoffs because, first off, they have no real top receiver other than maybe Christian Watson. And two, it all depends if we're going to see a Jordan Love that's going to go out there and shock the world or we're going to see a Jordan Love that's going to absolutely crap the bed.
0: Of course. Um, you know, as far as the Bills go, I've made it clear, and I said it at the beginning of the season, that I think that this it's either this year or it's not happening. And I stand by that statement still. I've said it all summer. I'm gonna say it still. Um mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna miss the playoffs. And I think that's honestly why it's a candidate for the worst take of the week, because I think we both agree that is a lousy take. If yeah, you think that, the Bills that, are gonna miss it. I mean, now,
1: a lousy take.
0: now I'm not gonna take or I'm not gonna discredit Miami. I'm not gonna discredit them, but I am gonna say I think it's going to take... And again, I said, this is a division where there's got to be no errors. And the Mm -hmm. Dolphins had quite a few errors at the end of the season. Now, if they didn't have that December collapse, that last week or so could have been a battle for the division. Right. Okay, so let's let's fess up to that. The bills not only could have lost the number one seed because of what happened in the Cincinnati game, but they very well could have lost the division because of that. Had Miami not had their late season collapse. Um, I don't see the bills dropping this division unless there is a massive hiccup either on the defensive front, a massive injury um, such as a Josh Allen long-term injury right and assuming that Tua stays healthy I but I'm not going to say that that take is far-fetched that the Dolphins could win the division I'm not going to say it's far-fetched I'm just going to say it's a very low probability if exactly. ev- assuming any assuming everybody stays healthy it's a low probability now on the flip side the Chiefs, they're not getting the number one seed. I got news for you. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you don't believe me, you just wait till week 17 when I serve everybody here a nice dish of I told you so. Okay.
1: You just, even make a bold prediction that the Chiefs might I even get the second seed, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. But I'm just going to yes. say that. Um, and as far as, you know, the Jets, I think, are going to be in. I don't know about Baltimore or Pittsburgh. I think those are real big stretches. And the Cincinnati Bengals being a four seed? Come on. There is no way they are finishing behind the Dolphins and the Jags. No way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, NFC side, you know, I agree with the Cowboy. I agree with the Wild Cards minus the Giants. I just don't think the Giants are that team. Like they Especially were last people year.
1: Been picking up Buffalo's uh, rejects.
0: Now, I agree with you that I don't think the Packers win the division. I just don't think this is going to be a playoff year. I feel like this is going to be a low expectation year. And the lower the expectation, the greater the surprise, right? So, exactly. I think again. Detroit, and we're going to talk about Detroit in a minute, but I'm going to say I feel like that they are the best team in that division, and I, I stand by it. Now, if they are not, I think Minnesota is the next best. I We said it Wednesday that we believe that um, Chicago and Green Bay are probably going to be battling for the basement. Um, I can just see that happening. Um, but again, I think all across the board there are just so many things that Mike Florio put in his bracket predictions that it's just not I mean there's so much you can nitpick. First off, the Steelers in the AFC championship. No, that's not happening. Uh, I, I never understood that either to be honest with
1: you. Yeah. I don't see it happening. And let me put it this way yeah, it's just great. Have a winning record. I just don't see them getting all the way to the ASC championship game. Well, reading this whole bracket, they're
0: basically saying that Kansas City is going to have another Mickey Mouse title. Because I mean, let's look at it. You know, that it says they're going to beat the seven seed Jets. No shit, they're going to beat the Jets. Okay, if they have Travis Kelsey, if they have Travis Kelsey healthy. They're going to beat the Jets fair and square. Right. Okay. Now you fast forward to the Steelers. No shit. They're going to beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense might give them a little bit of a, you know, challenge, but they're going to beat Pittsburgh mightily. Okay. Because this offense that Pittsburgh has is not going to compete on the same anywhere remotely in the same level as the Kansas City offense okay so right again just mike florio is you know congratulations you are our worst take of the week that's all i can say to it um this is just overall this whole bracket was a all right you need to go back to the drawing board (laughs) right exactly so that's what's wrong there that's the worst take and with that, let's go on to the news real quick so that we, we can get on to our predictions. Um, mm-hmm. Let's begin with the Chiefs and the yeah. Lions. And I'd say it's a big celebration for us here today on and this show. Me. Because... So
1: we are 1-0 uh, right now on picks. Yeah. Both of them. And not just that. The, Chiefs, the Lions to win.
0: And not just that. The Chiefs choked in a game that everybody thought they were going to win.
1: I was going to say, they looked better in the first half than they did in the second half.
0: Patrick Mahomes looked like shit. And don't, you know, that's all I'm going to say. He looked like shit, okay? 226 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick.
1: Because if you look at his first half with receivers, I think he went like 8 for 10. Yeah. Second half, he was like two for 12. And I know a lot of it can be well, his receivers couldn't hand, no, ca- couldn't no. catch the ball. A lot of drop passes. They had no Kelsey. They had no Chris Jones. Well, let me tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. That's the excuse you NBC tried to have make. have dead receivers catch the ball. If you're not going to catch those balls, they're going to go three and out. They're going to go four and out. Mahomes is going to have to do some magic. And that didn't. didn't Happened in that game. There was nobody that stepped up in that game for the Chiefs. I Don't care if Kelsey is out You still got to have receivers to be able to catch the ball and if they're dropping passes Of course, you're gonna lose by a point. They were lucky enough. That they even lost by a point They could have lost by more hey,
0: Frankly, I was telling Daniel when when I was watching the game I'm like Daniel if I'm Dan Campbell and I'm up 21 to 20 I'm getting a touchdown on this drive. This was the drive, of course, that they um, went for it on fourth and two and missed. Um, but I said, if I'm the Detroit Lions, Detroit I'm going down the field. Not only am I going to try to get yeah, the touchdown and the run the two, clock but out. They
1: threw the ball instead of ran the ball. They should have ran the ball instead of yeah, thrown oh. I said, it is
0: But I said, I'm like, if you go down the field, get the touchdown, you're up seven. I'd say go for two and essentially just put the dagger in the Chiefs' heart at that point because if you get the touchdown and go for two, okay, you're very well going to win the game because there's no way with Patrick Mahomes and that cast of receivers, he was going down the field twice.
1: Mm -hmm. No shot. Um, I will say this now. I think what really kept the Chiefs in this game was their defense. And I know towards the end, it kind of didn't look like it because the Lions offense finally clicked and got it going and scored that touchdown and, and, you know, was really able to stop that Chiefs defense. But the Chiefs defense, I think, kind of kept them in because... You know, the Lions kind of struggled offensively to start the second half there for a while. And you could also equate to the the Lions defense also helped out, too, with, you know, getting a lot of, you know, bad downs and, you know, receivers not catching the ball and stuff like that, too, and then the pick six. So defense definitely is what kept both of these teams close and in it in the game, I think the defenses looked better than the offenses did, yeah. but it is also the very first game of the year, so I guess a lot of that's going to be expected, but I, I, th- I will say, I think the Lions are going to be a shocking team. I think their defense is what's going to help them win a lot of the games this year, which they kind of needed to. They needed to improve that defense because it was dead last last year, but they had a the very best scoring offense. This year, you improve defensively if that offense can be like it was last year, this is going to be a very tough Lions team to beat.
0: Absolutely. And I'm telling you, I said it from the beginning of the year. This is a new look Lions team. Now, I will say, before I dive any deep or as we dive deeper into the game, Mike Tarico said something at the end of this game that I think touched a lot of people's nerves, and not in a good way. Um,. Mike Tirico, of course, as the game is going to its final commercial before going to the post-game show, said, the Lions win, but there's an asterisk next to it because no tra- no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. I want to say before I let you get your thoughts on that, stop it, okay? I just want to put this out there right now. Stop making excuses for the top quarterback that you claim is the top quarterback in the game stop making excuses for him he is a two-time super bowl champion and a two-time mvp okay the defending mvp at that if he is truly a two-time champion a two-time super bowl mvp and a two-time league mvp he would find a way to win that game end of discussion okay right Stop making the excuses for him
1: and mind you that a lot of the receivers that he has this year He had last year Minus one. Yes, I get it. He had Juju Smith Schuster and that was probably a real reason why they even Did as good as they did this year And now he's in New England and we don't even know if he's gonna play for New England because I don't know if you saw that his knee is like bound to explode like, I don't know how true it is, but apparently his knee is that messed up.
0: <laughs> I've not seen anything really on that, but that's unfortunate if it's true. Um, but what I'm saying is, I'm also going to add this. If Josh Allen didn't have Stephon Diggs, would he be given the same excuse if the Lions beat up on the Bills to open up the first week? Would, I think so.
1: Because would Dave Justin David Herbert or- be
0: Yeah, I'm saying... Would Justin Herbert be given the same mulligan? Would Joe
1: Burrow be given the same mulligan? Probably not because they're not supposedly the best player, best quarterback in no. the NFL, but so, who knows? I'm
0: telling you, that that personally triggered me, and I love Mike Tirico. I, I can't voice my support for him enough that I think he is one of the best broadcasters in the game right now. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, a Syracuse guy... So even more respect to him, but my God, that—I mean, I almost put that as the worst take of the
1: week because I know. You know yeah. I just—I will say this now before we do move on to the next bit of NFL news. It just—I—I I don't get the big fanatization of that the media has for the cheese. Like, I get it. You know the Chiefs are your current Super Bowl champions, but stop making them out to be like the next Tom Brady. Stop making them out to be
0: a dynasty. They are not
1: a dynasty. Okay, if they go out there and win it, fine. You know, maybe then it's like okay, you know, he's got three to what Brady's seven. Like, but the thing is, is that I don't from seeing it. If if Kelsey is not going to be, like, healthy after the supposed knee injury, and we don't even know how bad his hyperextended knee is. We don't even know how long it's going to keep him out. If it keeps him out for an extended amount of time, I, I think you got I think the, the Chiefs might have to hit the panic button unless they can somehow get some of these receivers to actually grow a pair of hands and be able to catch passes.
0: Man. I will say, though... I will say, though I gotta put this anger aside of this because I'm telling you, I mean that that statement obviously from Toriko pissed me off to no end. Is right, you know. It just solidifies that one guy is the best quarterback in the league, and I'll talk about that in a second. But Kadarius Tony, can we also talk about this angle? Kadarius Tony has deleted all of his social media after that loss of course uh, he during the he probably entire
1: go of all uh, the freaking backlash he was supposedly going to get afterwards, so probably yeah. good for him now
0: during Plus, the entire offseason a lot of he talked usually trash do
1: it cuz it's so many so many distractions during the regular season so hopefully it does bode well for him for the season but no so
0: you know why that is is because he was trash talking the giants his old team he was trash-talking them and their fan base. And then, of course, you know, he got served a nice dose of humble pie when he dropped three passes, one of them leading to a pick six.
1: So, karma Yeah, he probably is a didn't dish. want to have a backlash from the Giants fans after that game because you know it was going to happen. Karma
0: is a dish best served cold. That's what it comes down to. There surely
1: is. But there's one. Yeah, this game did prove one thing. That just got the highest paid contract in the NFL. And that's Joe Ice in his (laughs) veins
0: Burrow. And this man deserves it more than anything. Because once again, Joe Burrow... And I'm going to say it out loud, and I'll probably put it on Instagram as a reel. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL right now, Super Bowls aside. Okay, so Joe Burrow, five years, 275 mil. Um, Need I say more in my terms of thoughts is that he deserves it. Super Bowl appearance. He's going to be the league MVP this year. Um at least that was my prediction. I think your prediction as well. Um,
1: what so else do we have, have to say about this guy? I don't think there's not a whole lot that we can talk about him, honestly. I mean, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I mean, they got to a rocky start, but ended the, ended the season really well. They got to the AFC Championship game. Yes, they did lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, but... I I think that the sky is the limit for King, the, the Bengals. They they can definitely build off of the success that they had last year. Hopefully they don't start off rocky and then have to finish off strong. Hopefully they end up being great from game one to game seventeen. So hopefully you know Joe Burrow can go out there and be like, well, I got my money now. I'm gonna go out there and show the world that I can be the best player in the NFL, so he's gotta we'll see. be he's gotta be Joe Burr. I just hope then I just hope that that big old money contract is not gonna get to his head.
0: I don't think it will. Um but like I'm just ready for good old Joe Burr to turn it up. Um, I am too but man, with that though I don't have much more to say on it. I think the stats speak for itself. I was going to say. So with that, let's make our picks. Um, We're running short on time, so we're just going to kind of give what team we think wins each game. Um, By the way, first weekend, YouTube TV and NFL Sunday ticket. Can't wait to give it a try. And hopefully we'll get to talk about it next week on the show because um, we'll both be at my place
1: watching it
0: once we both get out of
1: work. So, um, can't wait for it. I'm already ready for it to be 3 30 tomorrow. Already, <laughs> yeah, um, or I mean, like, 3 30 later tonight,
0: and one <laughs> 2 30 for me. So, um, but with that, um, Texans and Ravens, um, are we gonna even say it?
1: No, I, I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Yep. Ravens here as
0: well. Um, Bengals and Browns. Cincinnati is only favored
1: by two. Hmm. I'm still going to go with Cincinnati here. I don't think the. But then again, uh, no, going to Cincinnati. But I will say that I think that. um, the Browns pass, oh, uh, Miles Garrett, I think is definitely going to have a sack in this game, because apparently he's had quite a lot of sacks against Cincinnati the last six games against them. I think he's got, like, nine sacks in six games against Cincinnati, so I think that he's going to get a, an, another one added to his collection against Cincinnati, but I don't think it's going to be enough for them to lose. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to go with Cincy. I could see an upset, but I just don't think it'll be, you know, I don't think it'll come to fruition. Um, but Buccaneers, Vikings, Vikings favored by five.
1: Yeah,
0: Vikings. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Um, Vikings, Kirk Cousins, they'll go off here. Um, Titans and Saints. Also, my fancy quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, Titans and
1: Saints, Saints favored by three. It's going to be tough. I might end up going with the Titans over the Saints here only because you got no Camara. You don't know what kind of Michael Thomas you're going to get. I'm going to probably go with the upset. I'm thinking the Titans are going to get the week one victory against the Saints here. I'm gonna go with the Saints only
0: because I feel like Michael Thomas, if healthy, if this is a healthy Michael Thomas, that's the
1: difference maker. I mean, yeah, you got Chris Olave, but who's and still got Jamal
0: Williams in the backfield too. So that's the other. Yeah, reason. but the problem
1: with Jamal Williams, he's he's more of a short yardage. Um. Guy, can he be every down back for these three games? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Panthers and Falcons. Falcons favored by
0: three and a half. I'm honestly
1: going to go... I'm going to go Atlanta, honestly. I think Atlanta's going to get the victory here. I think that they're a better complete team. Carolina, we just don't know. What kind of – we don't know what kind of Bryce Young we're going to get. Are we going to – is Bryce Young going to go out there and, you know, get shot? you know, rocky to start his NFL career? I mean, you got Desmond Ritter and you got Drake London going into their second year. I think that they got it. I think if Bajon Robinson is going to go off in this game, I think Pitts and and Drake London are going to have – pretty big games, and I I can't see why why the Falcons would lose here. I'm going to have to go with Atlanta.
0: I'm going to go with Atlanta. I feel like Frank Reich has a good team. I just feel like they're going to come out of the gate slow and then pick it up a little bit later. Um, Jags, Colts, uh, do we have to pick this? I think we both know where we're going with this.
1: Yeah, Jacksonville. I feel bad for Anthony Richardson. I don't think he's going to have a very good first year. No,
0: I don't see it. Um, 49ers, Steelers. This one could be a toss-up. San Fran favored 2.5. I'm going to say San Fran here. I don't know what kind of Brock Purdy we're going to get in year two. Was it all... For nothing did they trade away Trey Lance by mistake I'm going to go with the upset I'm going to say Pittsburgh
1: gets the win I was, I really was thinking it but I think the 49ers offensively and defensively I think it's just going to be too much for the Steelers but we'll see I mean I think this might end up being a good game to watch especially if it's going to be televised on it I might watch it while I'm working tomorrow shoot next game
0: let's just mark it down we already know who's gonna win Washington Arizona it's Washington
1: yeah I'm gonna say Washington I think Sam Howell is first I think no this is not his first career start actually I think Sam Howell is gonna go out there and he's gonna shock the world this year with Washington I mean he he didn't look terrible for Washington last year I think he's gonna be good against the Cardinals Cardinals. Joshua Dodds is just going to look terrible. He's going to get smacked around. Yeah, I'm going to go Sam Howell and the Commanders. You're right. Sorry. Um, anyway, Raiders,
0: Broncos, Raiders, or no, Broncos favored by three and a half.
1: Get rid of I I don't see it. I'm going to probably have to go with the Raiders here. I don't think Russ is going to be cooking.
0: No, I think there's already some division going on in that locker room and thanks to Sean Payton, at least between him and Russell Wilson. I'm going to go um I'm going to go with the Raiders actually. I think they're going to pull off the upset. So so we we are in Unison on that one. <laughs> yeah, um, Dolphins Chargers Chargers favored by three.
1: Yeah, all uh, right, I I have to go with the Chargers. They got something to prove out there in the very first game of the year. I think the key. I think of fully healthy Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is going to be too much. And who's to say that that rookie wide receiver doesn't have a say in it too? Quentin Johnston could be
0: one to watch, yeah. Um, I'm going to just barely lean toward my team. You know how you know, I may talk a big game about certain teams, but I will always be humble about mine and knowing what they can and can't do. Um, So I'm going to go with the Chargers just narrowly. Um, Eagles, Patriots, uh, Philly favored by three and a half. Hmm.
1: Philadelphia is going to spank the Patriots just like they did in the Super Bowl, so I'm going to go
0: Philadelphia here. Even going back to the Pats dynasty, I think the Eagles always played the Patriots pretty well, so I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Um, Packers and Bears... Will we see a new ownership group take the Bears this week as they are favored by one? I feel hilarious that they
1: have Chicago a on one-point favor. I, I, might, I might have to go with Chicago here because I think there was a time that Chicago played against Green Bay even when they had Aaron Rodgers and beat him. So I think that Chicago – oh, we know. That was um, – yeah, I think it was – no, that was New Orleans. They played New Orleans last year and lost week. one. that's right. I, I'm going to say Chicago, just because I just don't know what kind of Packers team we're going to get. I think that they're going to rely heavily on Aaron Jones. But I think the Packers, with that revamped team, I think there will be enough for the disruptive Packers here. I think the Bears are going to start off 1-0. I'm going to go with
0: the Packers. I think um, Jordan Love, he's going to, you know, shock some people. And I just see a good Packers win coming again. I think he's going to continue the Packers ownership of the Bears the last few years. Um, Rams, Seahawks, Seahawks favored by five.
1: Yeah, I have to go to the Seahawks. No Cooper Cup means bad night for LA. They
0: got some new offensive weapons for Geno Smith, too, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Um, Cowboys and Giants, Dallas favored by three and a half on Sunday night football.
1: Yeah, Cowboys. I mean, Brandon Cooks, I think, is going to be a great weapon for Dak. Um, At least I'm hoping so. But I think C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup will have success. Tony Pollard We don't know what we're going to see out of him, but I I think it's going to be enough to disrupt the Giants here on Sunday Night Football.
0: I just don't believe in the Giants. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I think last year the NFC East benefited from that easier schedule. I just don't see the Giants benefiting this time around, and I'm just going to go with the Cowboys here. Um Bills and Jets. Bills favored by two and a half on Monday night football.
1: Yeah, I want to say I can see the Bills winning here. Yes, I get it that the, the Jets defense is, you know, it can be tough. But I, th- I think that they're going to be heavily trying to guard Diggs. And I think that Gabe Davis is going to have a good game. I think you're going to see Kincaid step up in a mighty way. I think you're going to also see a lot of the speedy receivers that they picked up be utilized in a special way. I think that this, this offense is very explosive, and I think they're, it's going to show on Monday Night Football. I'm going to say Bills get the win here. I'm going to go with
0: the Bills, just barely. Um, I do think it's going to be a close game. I'm sorry. I just I fully see it being a close game, um, so I'm going to go with the Bills by a field goal. Um... Vikings-Eagles, this is the Thursday night game, the first one on Prime Video. There are no odds for this one just yet.
1: This one is going to be a a good Thursday... uh, Finally, a good Thursday night game! Wow! (laughs) With an asterisk next to it. I was going to say, put an asterisk next to it, because we don't know. But... From what it seems like, I mean, you have a team that made a Super Bowl last year and a team that won the division last year. I, I mean, you, you, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm going to say Eagles by a by a point.
0: I'm going to say Eagles by a touchdown. Um, Kirk Cousins does not show up on primetime games, so I'm going to maintain that until he proves me otherwise.
1: Yeah, you so, say that. But he showed up in Thanksgiving last year and played very well. So we, we don't exactly know.
0: <laughs> if it's not Sunday at 1 o'clock, it's not a guarantee. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> True. Um, with that, um, that's our picks. Let's talk Tinkle on this real quick because we have just hit the hour mark. Um, Shannon Sharp, of course, made his debut on first take with Molly Karam and uh, Stephen A. Smith. Um, and during the debates I think Shannon Sharp forgot he's not on Undisputed anymore. He kept calling Stephen A skip. And then of course um that led Stephen A day number two to come in with the name tag that said, Hello, my name is Stephen A. So Shannon Sharp, uh We love you, man. I'm glad you're back on the air. Um, but Tinkle on this, man, you got to know who you're co-hosting with and what exactly. network you're on. <laughs> so, um, but with that, um, what's coming up on No Final Bell this week? Uh,
1: yes, um, we are coming off of, you know, the. I would say it's success from All Out. Um, and then it, it just seems like tensions are rising between... A lot of wrestlers right now heading into um, Grand Slam, which is Arthur Ashe Stadium, September 20th. It will be uh, Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam. Of course, Collision is not involved with that because Collision is usually supposed to be a separate show from Dynamite and Rampage itself. So it is definitely on my bucket list of things to want to have to do. I mean, I had a bucket list this year with seeing a AEW pay per view, but it is a bucket list to go to Arthur Ashe Stadium. Maybe next year we'll see. I mean, it would be cool. It's you know, you know, second biggest attendance that AEW has had, minus you know, all in in London being eighty-one thousand. Congratulations to AEW for that eighty-one thousand thirty-five fan, you know, paid attendance which is the biggest um, professional wrestling attendance in all promotions Hmm. so congratulations to them but um, yeah what's going on for auto turn 4 I see that the um, IndyCar season I think just uh, it
0: it is going to conclude this weekend actually and can I just say before I tell you what's coming up on the show how happy i am that nbc actually put a promotion in during the thursday night game so finally we're promoting indycar on the big stage because that is the first time i've seen that um, from nbc i'm glad to see them start to take the sport seriously um but with that um alex polo He has nothing to lose this afternoon in the season finale. Um, He has locked up the championship. He could wreck out on lap one. He could not show up. It doesn't matter what he does. He's the champion. Um, So we'll just recap the race at Laguna Seca. Give our final thoughts on the IndyCar season. We also got NASCAR playoffs at Kansas. Had a couple of races the last two days. Now we're into... The Cup Race, which is this afternoon as well. Um, And then, of course, we'll talk some Silly Season still. Um, Lots of rides confirmed in IndyCar this week. And, of course, we'll make our picks for next weekend at the Bristol Night Race. Which, you said a bucket list for you is to go to Arthur Ashe Stadium It's a bucket list for me to go to Bristol Motor Speedway and watch a Bristol night race. (laughs) Because that race on a quarter mile, basically Coliseum, you know, is just remarkable. Um, It is so exciting. And I just hope they fix their short track package to make it even better than it is. What you crazy. But um, with that, that's all we got for this week. We want to thank you for watching. We'll see you back here next Sunday. Until then, goodbye everyone.